We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. Happy Saturday, or if you're watching the YouTube version of this and you can see Keith and myself, happy Hatterday. It's a Saturday morning. We both wound up having to wear hats. Neither one of us wanted to really get get ready this morning. But here we are. We didn't have a show yesterday, Friday. We were getting ready for our live Grizzlies versus Wolves play-by-play over on Playback. And so we thought we would make sure that we got in an extra show this weekend in order to make up for it. We've got a lot to break down around the NBA. We've got all of our second round series set. A lot of stuff to dive into. Keith, how are you doing, man? And uh, and how did you like doing the, the play-by-play last night? It was a lot of fun. I, I thought it was a cool way to interact with a lot of people. We had quite a few folks pop in and check it out. So, you know, we appreciate that. And some people hung out with us the entire game, which was was a lot of fun. And, you know, we I, 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 I don't think either one of us is quite ready to make the jump to full-time play-by-play. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know that uh, the average fan would put up with, um, you know, a solid half hour of Marvel talk. Uh, but <laughs> but it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We, we had a blast with it. I think people really enjoyed it that that came. So thanks for coming and hanging out. And something we're going to check out in the future too. And maybe we we talked about you know, maybe the NBA draft or something like that, which would be a really fun fit for this show as we react to everything real time and watch it together. But yeah, I, I thought it was great. And you know, it uh it took a little sting off the Grizzlies winning and taking away the only chance at a game seven we had in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't, it wasn't a play by play in the traditional sense, but no, but in any event, it was, it was a blast. I'm already looking at, at our next game when we're going to do that coming up. Uh, maybe we'll do it in a couple of days here or something, but um but what I'm going to do is uh, playback is offering to put all of the playoff games on that channel. Um, so I'm going to put the link in the description down below here. So even if Keith and I aren't doing the play-by-play for it, which we're not going to do them for, for tomorrow's games or anything like that. Um, the, the Celtics game obviously is so close to, to the other game that was on. I think it's the Warriors game. Warriors. Yeah, yep. I think it's too close. So what we're going to do is, uh, is it'll be on that channel. Both those games will be on the channel streaming for you, ready to go. And people can still go in there and chat if they want to. So you can check out the link in the description down below over on the NBA front office, YouTube channel. Uh, but 
Enough about that. Front runners, unite. Get in there and hang out with each other, man. Make friends. That was cool, too, to see people going back and forth with each other. And, you know, and if anybody's wondering, like, it wasn't like the Internet tends to be where it's a bunch of arguing and fighting. Like, people were very respectful and having a good time. So, you know, we we appreciate you all for an office nation. I think that that kind of reflects the tone of our of our show. So I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep, I agree. Speaking of which uh celtics and lakers coexisting here on this on this show as as we noticed keith i had a lot of lakers fans that were upset with me last night because Uh i made the mistake of posting on twitter my predictions for round two including that i'm picking celtics in five over the bucks i had a lot of people upset telling me i'm being disrespectful of Giannis antetokounmpo And um, I didn't feel like going into the full thing. I told people, hey, you can watch the front office show for the full explanation of why I picked Celtics in five. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, we we did cover that series already. It is tough. That was ultimately my pick as well, but it's with a lot of trepidation because it is a little disrespectful, to be honest. (laughs) It's, you know, I mean, he could win a game or two almost by himself, but we said that about Kevin Durant too in the Celtics you know, took took care of him. Now, uh, Giannis is a completely different player, mm-hmm. completely different challenge. But it's you know, there's no he, he doesn't have his running mate. Chris Middleton is out uh, likely for the entire series. So you know, it's a uh, yeah. We'll we'll start to get a sense tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon mm-hmm. uh, here on the East Coast. Is what it is. Tomorrow morning for folks on the West Coast. That's right. Uh, basketball with breakfast, right? That's right. Brunch, Not bad. I guess. But yeah. Not a bad way to start your day. Uh, speaking of. of of the Grizz Wolves series concluding what final takeaways from that before we move into the future series and uh, the second round series, and then some news bits thoughts on, on Grizz Wolves, the, the Memphis Grizzlies get it done in six games. How are you feeling about, uh, about that one? Yeah, I think we saw, we said this before, the Wolves were one of the only teams with less playoff experience than Memphis Mm -hmm. in the field because they they just haven't been there. And I think that showed. I think that showed in closing out games. I think Memphis trailed by 10 or more in the fourth quarter or at least the second half of three games in this series. And then they managed to win all three of those games. Um, So that's obviously huge for for them. Um, and, And I think... You saw the Wolves get a little panicky down the stretch, whether it was Carl Anthony Towns took about a 35-foot three-pointer at one point with about a minute or so to play. Um, it was just it was just not a good time place for that shot. It didn't make a lot of sense, and he missed by a mile. So, yeah, I, Memphis went in there and got it done. But the most entertaining series of the first yeah. round, I think, without a doubt. Um, you know, they, they, there was the one blowout game in there. But but other than that, it was, you know, close games, up and down, a lot of action, a lot of crazy stuff happened. And, you know, two fun young teams that, you know, you kind of look at those two and the Pelicans, and if they handle things right, that's kind of the future of the Western mm-hmm. Conference, I think. Of, you know, with those, those three teams of, you know, hey, you know, just you just you know, retain your guys, build the right teams around them, and you could see those three teams doing stuff for years to come in the West. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed this series, and not because it was the the most beautiful basketball, because it certainly was no. not. <laughs> but it was just it was close yeah. games. These two teams got after each other. It was super competitive, and then of course you had the the comeback element, right? Where in most of these mm-hmm. games the Wolves were were happy. They're they're yelling and screaming and fired up and <laughs> yep. doing all that kind of stuff. And then come fourth quarter, 
that doubt started to creep in. They started missing shots. They tighten up. And then here's the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies just kind of stayed within arm's length the entire game, stayed right there, and then yeah. overtook them in the in the fourth quarter. And we saw that that uh, game script play out a number of times. And uh, credit to the Grizzlies for being the team that, you know, as a young team themselves, but having the composure and the experience to ultimately get the job done. And uh, I'm excited to see Grizzlies Warriors. I think that's going to be a really good series. Yeah, I completely agree. We're going to get to that one in a minute. One thing, because I just don't want to lose it, is that sense of how the Grizzlies just keep coming is going to be huge for them in the series against the Warriors. Because the Warriors, they're not the the Warriors, right? They're they're not quite that team, but they're not far off that team either, where they can kind of hit you with that avalanche. And the next thing you know, you're down 15 in a three-minute period and you're like what happened but the Grizzlies just they just keep coming they just keep working that's going to be big for them in that series yeah absolutely absolutely and uh and we will get to that series in just a moment but let's jump into a little bit of news first uh especially coming out of this Grizzlies Wolves game Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. asked about his future and said he is willing to sign an extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves which I still think you know he's catching a lot of flack uh today and uh yep. and you know perhaps rightfully so but he's still sure. an incredibly talented player. I still think there's leaps and bounds that his game can make with some some relatively simple tweaks here and there that can make him a more effective player. And I would expect him to continue to improve. And uh, and I think this would be a great thing for Minnesota because as, as much as this loss stings, this Wolves team, they exceeded expectations this year. And I think the future is looking yep. bright, particularly with this combo of Towns and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, big time. And Towns has two years left on his deal, $33.8 million next year, $36 million the year after. But it's that year after that that, that then that's when this extension would kick in. This is kind of similar to what Giannis did, what um, the – uh, Joel Embiid did as well, um, adding the, the years when they've got a couple left. We're seeing extensions are the thing right now. These guys are grabbing the money and locking it in when they can. So, yeah, my, that would be my guess, too, is that he'll lock that in. And how it will be written is it'll be written as a max extension because regardless of what happened in this playoffs, Cats getting yeah. max. Like, let's not get crazy. Um, so it'll just be written as you know whatever it is when it kicks in, he'll get he'll get his max at that point um, there, and and that's that's how it'll go. It's starting with the twenty four twenty five season, which it, it's weird. That both sounds like it's forever away, but then it's also like that's only two more seasons, and then we're there. Like, it, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm caught in this right now where there's still sometimes I look and I think it's like 2020 just started, but it's, you know, we're, we're at the end of the 2022, you know, season here. So like, we're, we're not that far out from these, you know, mid twenties, uh, years pop popping in, which is, you know, I don't know. That's just an aside here on a Saturday morning. That's my brain a little broken. It's a, uh, it's the COVID hangover still that it just, if yeah. it's, we're living in bizarro world and, in that sense but um do you find it inappropriate at all that players coming off of a difficult loss you look at you look at utah with donovan mitchell we'll talk about him in just a second now carl anthony towns that they're getting asked immediately about what what their plans are are they asking a trade are they are they they signing an extension all that kind of is that is that just kind of the nature of the beast at this point and and it is what it is or or should those questions be you know wait until at least you know the next day for exit interviews or wh- how do you feel about that cuz i've seen some bristling at at that sure I, and and i get that right cuz it's 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 tough but you also want to get real and raw reaction yeah. 
from guys and, and it's never going to be more real or raw than immediately after now sometimes you i think i think we have to find middle ground with mm-hmm. it. if if carly the towns came off the court and let's be very clear that he said the exact opposite but was like i'm done i want out of here i want to go and then the next day was like hey i was emotional sure. like i like I really don't want that. I think we need to be willing to forgive. Yes. Right. Because if we're going to ask the questions, we need to be willing to understand. Right. I mean, probably more than I should ever admit. I say a lot of things when I'm, you know, in the heat of the moment and I'm fired up that I'm kind of like, yeah, that wasn't cool. Like I shouldn't have said that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that welcome to life as a parent. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, but there's, it is as long as we're willing to forgive on not all these guys do the exit interview. Yeah. Right, it'll just bounce, or the team won't even make them available, and they'll they'll mm-hmm. go. So you run into that challenge. So it's kind of the job of a reporter is I've got them in front of me. I don't know when I'll have them in front of me again. I'm going to ask the question and go. So I think that becomes the 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 challenge. But yeah, as long as we're willing to be forgiving, give these guys a little bit of leeway. I think it's okay to to ask and understand. Hey, the next day, a week later, whenever it is, maybe they have slightly different feelings. That's um, that is a great point that I think most people won't think about. And that's exactly where I go to with this for anybody who's saying, well, you need to wait until exit interviews or wait until another time. A lot of these guys and rightfully so they disappear for the for the summer or they don't make themselves available for mm-hmm. the summer. And that's and that's fine. Again, taking a step away. Totally get it. Sure. Nothing, yeah. nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with that at all. But so you can't count on the exit interview being there. like, for example, the Lakers this year went. Uh, right before their final game against the Nuggets went surprise. It's Anthony Davis's exit interview right now. You guys have like 10 minutes and didn't even invite most of the media. It was just a couple of people that happened to be there. And and so most people had no opportunity to ask Anthony Davis anything. Um, Mm -hmm. You never know when an organization is going to try to pull something like that to get a player you know, through without answering questions and all that kind of stuff. So if they're in front of you, you got to ask the question, even if it is a little unseemly, you know, in the heat of the moment right there after a difficult loss, it's tough, but it's the job and it's just kind yeah, of the reality feels of rough. it. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. But I do want to say like, hey, let's let's be more understanding yes. when it comes back around on the backside, like, like I said, because, yeah, because if we're going to ask them in the heat of the moment, well, then – you know, be, be, be recognized, you know, maybe we need to come back and give a different answer. Later. And that's where, let's jump to the Donovan Mitchell comments, because that's where I think that what you're saying here applies to what Donovan Mitchell said when he was asked about whether or not he would be requesting a trade from the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. He's A lot of people are taking this, him saying, well, you know, I need a week and all that kind of stuff. It's like, if you're a Jazz fan, you wanted to hear, no, I'm definitely not requesting a trade. I love it here. I want to stay here forever. I want to finish my career. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you want to hear. But at the, from the human side, you can understand if after a difficult loss where they had a chance to win the game at the buzzer, the shot rims out uh, by Bogdanovich, that's frustrating. All of that, you pl- it's this this contested series, all this stuff. You step off the floor and you're being asked about your future. And Donovan Mitchell says, you know, I don't know. I, I need a week to kind of think about it, that sort of thing. I think yep. I think we can understand why he would say that and not just assume that means he wants to leave. And I feel like a lot of people are jumping to that conclusion right now. That's exactly it. I, I think this is a perfect example of, all right, let's give this a little room to breathe. It's it's he didn't have the right answer uh, on um, 
I don't even remember what day it was that series ended, but on that night, he did not have the, you know, right answer. He's also not ready, I think, to talk about it at that point. I think it was, you know, hey, man, I'm hurting yeah. right now. Like, I, you know, this is a tough spot. So I think the challenge comes with these things is if you're going to say, I'll, I'll think about that in a week, then I want to hold the players accountable and say, Hey, can we follow up then in a week? Correct. Right. Or, you know, in, in, if then, if you're like, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I'm still not ready to talk, then that's okay. Then just leave it. But if you're going to throw out a timeline, be prepared for, you know, then if someone sees you at a restaurant mm-hmm. or, you know, out somewhere, like they're probably going to ask like, Hey, you know, what are you thinking? So it's just, it, it's, it's that give and take mm-hmm. there, but it's, um, you know, I, I tend to believe with this one is, if Donovan Mitchell wants to leave Utah, it's it's one of it'll come when it comes. Yeah. Like I guess I, it, it and I think you know maybe that's out of his hands too. It may be one of those things where Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck run the team now, or like yeah, we're gonna go a different direction entirely with, with, with this. Um, it's starting to sound an awful lot like Quinn Snyder's gonna be mm-hmm. out. Um, you know whether that's sounding more now like that might be by his choosing that's, than than by the jazz the Sam Amick piece um, from the athletic made that yeah. made very strongly suggested that's the case that the jazz want him yeah. and then Justin Zanuck's comments uh, again I don't the days are blurring together I don't remember if it was yesterday or the day before but, yeah. <laughs> but I mean very very overtly said the same thing right out that you know we we want to partner with him we want him around but yep. Quinn Snyder does he want to be there that's the question mark here that's exactly it. So yeah, so I mean, change is coming for the Utah Jazz one way or another. So, you know, we'll 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 see how how it comes. You know, that, that'll all develop here over the, the coming months. Uh, positive on the extension front for New Orleans, Zion Williamson said he wants an extension with New Orleans. And remember, there have been a lot of questions. There's been people saying, "Oh, his family members don't like New Orleans. He wants to go to New York. All of these things." And he's, I mean, mm-hmm. just coming right out saying, yeah, I, I want to do an extension. And maybe as a player coming off of a, a lost season here due to injury, that may have given him a little bit more incentive to say, hey, yeah, I would like to take take that money, <laughs> yeah. please. Um, but yes, please give me hundreds of millions. Yes, I, I thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, after my 80, what what is he at? 83 games or something in his is career. Is that it's, how many? It is? Uh, 85. Okay. 85 games in three Ooh. years. So that's rough. one full season. But when he plays, he's yeah. so good. So good. that's the, that's the thing so here. Good. So we, we talked about this a little bit on our live stream last night over on playback. Um, the you're saying if you're the Pelicans, you give him that extension, but, but yep. you need to put in some things to protect yourself. A la Joel Embiid, where you put in yep. games, played targets and things like that to try to make sure that, Hey, you can get out of this deal should he just, you know, disappear in terms of his availability? Yeah, games played prior injury exclusions. So if he, you know, if the knee becomes a problem again, um, you you go there. Yeah, I think that is a that is a must. If I if I'm the the, the Pelicans, I think you know I've, I have to be protected because I can't I can't give this guy a full five year max deal and then just hope for the best right right? i have to be protected to some extent and i would hope he would understand like and look at with Embiid. Embiid got healthy stayed healthy largely um we're going to get into that in in a little bit um but that's where where you kind of you work through that 
um, you know, on that end uh, with him. So, yeah, well, we'll see how that goes. Um, let's talk. You mentioned it. So, hey, sorry, if I can say one thing. Yeah. Too. Sorry, one thing I wanted to add. Yeah. I thought I was going to sneeze um, as I was finishing that point. Um, <laughs> it's Saturday. Um, I think, I, I do think, because I've seen a lot of people like, you know, is this guy even worth it? This is what he did two years ago. 27 points per game, 7.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists on 61% shooting from the field. Like, yeah, he's worth it. He's worth every point. I mean, this guy is awesome. Like, it's just, can you stay on the court? And again, I feel like I feel like we jumped in the time machine here and we went back and these are the same conversations we had about Embiid. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy is dominant. He's awesome. Can he stay healthy? So that's why why I make that Embiid comp and say you gotta you, you really gotta protect yourself if you're if you're the Pelicans um, on this one. But but they handing him the full five years and the the money. No, no issue at all. Cause he'll deliver if he, can Oh, play. he is, he's a destroyer of worlds. Um, what it was last season when the Lakers and, and Pelicans played against each other and LeBron, who's, I mean, a pretty physical guy himself and Zion were going after each other. It was, it was like man of steel, right? Where you yeah. had, we had the battle that just destroys the city and it's Zod again, you know, yeah. and Zod against Superman and all of that. And that's, that's basically what we watch. Like Zion is ridiculous when he's, yeah. when he's healthy. So this is like, you take this Pelicans team that just had a, a really nice season. Um, even lo- you know losing the first round, they exceeded expectations. They're on the rise that arrows pointing up. You add a guy like Zion to the mix as almost, I mean, he would be mm-hmm. like just a free agent, almost fine that you would add in. Yeah. Like, that's that could take that team to a whole other level to where now they're suddenly one of the the top teams in the in the conference. So you did you get this done, and as long as you put in protections, you got to feel pretty good about it. So look at the right, and we talked about this a little bit, but they they only have one free agent mm-hmm. um, outside of their three if you count their two two way guys, but one uh, standard free agent that's Tony Snell. Um, they can, they're one small salary dump away from being able to use the full taxpayer mid level as well to add a player. But this is potentially, let's, let's be very optimistic. Hope Zion's back. They're potentially rolling in the next year with a starting group of Valanchunas, Zion, Ingram, Herb Jones, and CJ McCollum. Like, that's pretty good. That's big, array. That's physical, oh, versatile. versatile yeah. yeah, you've got enough shooting with that group. Um, then off the bench, you're coming with Nance, Murphy, Alvarado, uh, Jackson Hayes slides to the backup five mm-hmm. in that, that spot. And then you've got, uh, Troy Mur- or Trey Murphy rather, um, who really came along as a shooter. Troy Murphy's going, um, going back a few years there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Trey Murphy, the third, um, came along as a shooter as, you know, as the year went along too. So, and then you get injuries, you've got Donji Marshall, you've got Willie Hernan Gomez as, as depth pieces there that, that are guys I know that they really like. I mean, they they nailed their draft with Murphy, Jones, plucking Alvarado off the undrafted market. Um, you know, all the things where it looked like, oh, man, did they kind of you know, really butcher this? Now, all of a sudden, David Griffin and crew look like, all right, it just took time. It just took time to come together, and we haven't seen Zion yet. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's, that's one where 
I'm very, very excited to see the Pelicans play next year. But let's move on to teams that are that are still. Oh well, we got, we got one, one more. more. We got one Zach more. Levine. Then we'll move on to teams that are. Still. So Zach Levine says he plans to enjoy free agency, and that's got some Bulls fans a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah. Um, with a comment like that, but. I keep looking at this free agent, like, this is the saving grace here. Why I don't think Bulls fans should be that nervous. Where's he going to go? Look at free Look at the teams out yeah. there that have cap space. Are any of them a threat to go land Zach Levine right now? I don't think so. So him, if he wants to enjoy free agency, if he wants to let teams pitch him and try to sell him and all that kind of stuff and do his thing, that's fine. I mean, players only have so many opportunities to do that over the course of their career, but I, I don't yeah. see where, even if he wanted to leave, I don't see where he would go in this market. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I... The the other thing, too, is this is a guy who he's had some knee, now knee problems twice sure. in his career. He had the torn ACL. Now he's had this other knee issue. That fifth year of locked in guaranteed money may mean a lot to Good him. Point. A lot of times we get too much where people will say, you know, because the, the incumbent team is the only team that can give that fifth year of max money where, where change teams you can only get four years. I try to tell people you really got to compare the four-year total to the four-year mm -hmm. total. And then you're talking a 3% difference in raises, eight or three percentage point difference between 8% to 5%. So it really isn't all that much money in the grand scheme of things, four years to four years. But in the case of Levine, where you've had injury issues, that fifth year may really mean something. And that becomes a little bit of a challenge with this. So you have to, you know, that has to be factored in. What, I, and I'm only, I know you know this, so this is not directed at you, uh, my Lakers fan <laughs> friend. Um, but it is, I did radio in California and they were like, what if he wants to come to the Lakers? He wants to come back, you know, to LA because he wants to college at UCLA. Um, you know, he, he wants to come to the Lakers. Wouldn't the Bulls have to do a Westbrook trade just to avoid losing him for nothing? And I was like, no, <laughs> that's a, you're not losing him for nothing. There, you're you're taking on, you know, a not great contract. So it's not like it's that that's probably not the direction this is going to go unless the Bulls had other stuff lined mm -hmm. up and all these other things. My guess is Levine is saying the right things. He's going to put the pressure on the Bulls to make sure they don't even play games, right? Because you could maybe be like, hey, you know, coming off this knee injury, you know, what do we think? Maybe four right, years yeah. or something, you know, put the pressure on, say, hey, I'm going to go listen to everybody. I'm going to, you know, enjoy this. But your bigger point that you started with is 
where is he going to go? I mean, there's only I only project three teams to have cap space. It's the Pistons, the Pacers, and the Spurs. I don't think any of them are going there. And then the last two, they're going to struggle to get to max space to to get there to offer him anyway. So that's that's a whole other challenge. So it's yeah, I think this is one of those. He comes back with the Bulls. He's there. They they run it back. Hopefully healthier. And because they were pretty good when healthy, and then they'll see what they look like, you know, mid season if they need to make more moves. I mean, he could, I guess, in theory, he could try to push for a sign and trade somewhere, but again, I, sure. I, I don't see it. So, in any event, here's the challenge with sign and trades, though, for max money guys this year that hard caps you as the acquiring mm-hmm. team, and a lot of teams are already dancing right around that hard cap uh, next year. Like, they're they're so if you're bringing him in at max money, you better be sending back a lot. similar money, you know, if not more. So that becomes a little bit of a challenge. Yep. Yeah. Again, more more reason for Bulls fans. I, it's not great. Obviously, you want to hear him say, oh, yeah, the second that deal's on the, on the table, I'm signing that thing. That's probably what you mm-hmm. want to hear. But I don't think it's reason to panic or anything like that, that he's that he's no. saying what he is here. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, he said. I'm going to we're going to have we're going to have to experience A through Z without making any fast decisions. It's also as we're recording this, it's April 30th. And he said this on April 29th for agency doesn't even open for more than two yeah. months. And even then he'll have about five days before anything can be official and locked in. So. And neither one of us is naive or stupid enough to think there's not already some back channeling stuff going on. So his agent and Levine will have a pretty good sense of where this, you know, who might be pitching, who might be lining things up. And yeah, we'll get a good sense. But yeah, I, it's a, I find it very hard to believe, um, you know, that he's going to leave. Um, and I also think it's a, you know, I, I think it's a little going a little too far of, reading into like he's leaving you know or reading into well he's just saying this i think he is going to consider his options and see where it goes all right let's jump into our preview series we've got to talk a little bit about um about suns mavs grizzlies warriors 76ers heat and i'm actually this is strange when i'm looking at this but the series that i feel is the most ripe for an upset is where we're going to start and that's Suns Mavs, which feels weird because the Suns have been the best team in the NBA over the course of the of the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that upset is likely here. It's not. But there are some factors in the other series that have me believing those are not as likely for upsets. So uh, let's let's jump into it. Suns Mavs. The Mavs uh, did a nice job against the Utah Jazz, ultimately ultimately closing that out. You've got a healthy Luka Doncic now. Uh, what are you feeling on, on this series? Can the Mavs? make a real run here at uh, at Phoenix. Uh, unlike a couple other things we're going to talk, or series we're going to talk about, looks like Luke is healthy, looks like Devin Booker's yep. healthy. He looked pretty good to me in Phoenix's closeout game against the Pelicans. So that's that's great, right? Because we want these teams at full health. Unfortunately, we've got a couple others that are not going to be. Um, I think this is closer than people are giving it credit for, too, because I think Dallas is... There's two things. One, they are they're built to kind of go like brain with the way the Suns want to defend. Mm-hmm. And I think they are also um they have enough size and defense to cause the Suns some problems. The key is gonna be who does Luca guard yep. in this series? My my thought is probably Jay Crowder yeah, be because nice. he's the yeah, he's the standstill shooter. Uh, for the Suns, 
and he can help a little bit there because, I mean, we saw he, right, that help block he had on Gobert uh, in the final game of that series um, at the rim. So I think you'll see him come in. But because, you know, we'll see, uh, like, Booker would cook him off the dribble. Yeah. Uh, Mikhail Bridges now all of a sudden it's like, hey, uh, maybe defensive player of the year soon guy, like uh, thrown in, what, 90-something points in two games or whatever it was. Good. Like, that's, you know, crazy. And then obviously Luke on Chris Paul would just be – not good because it ended up in fouls and a bunch of arguing. And about, you can't put him you know, on Aiden. So Aiden. it's, it's got to be Crowder just yeah. by process. Yeah, it's got to be Crowder. But the reason why I even bring that up is he's kind of the only weak link defensively that either one of these two teams really has. Because mm-hmm. Booker, now that he brings consistent effort, he's solid. My guess is not guess. I mean, the Suns are going to put bridges on Luka. And they're just going to play it out and, you know, work that way. They'll put Crowder on them if they need to. They'll come off the bench with some size with Cam Johnson, um, you know, when they go there on him. But so it's going to be, you know, the chess match is going to be, can Luca solve the Suns defense? And why I think they're good is they want to kind of live in the mid-range, which is not where teams generally live. And that's where the Suns want to force you to. They want to run you off the arc. And then they want to defend you at the rim. If you're willing to live in the mid range, you can get some work done. And that's where the maths kind of live. How do you deal with, and this is my big question mark for the, this, the maps. And I think this is ultimately what pushes the series in favor of the Suns. How do you handle Deandre Ayton? If you're, if you're Dallas, I mean, we can talk to white Powell, uh, Davis Bertans, uh, isn't going to be big enough to get any minutes there. Maxi Kleba can, can get some time there, but I do question whether or not you've got the size and quality necessary to deal with Aiton in there. I think that's yeah. going to be a big, big problem for Dallas in this series. But I do agree that it's closer than most people would think. And here's the other thing. I thought this was interesting. I went back through the Mavs and the Suns games from this past season. And the Suns essentially have not played the Mavs this season. Not this version of the Mavs. Yeah. The first two times they played yep. three times. The first two times they played, Luka was not in action. The last time they played, Kristaps Porzingis was playing. It was pre-Porzingis trade. And this Mavs team has looked different post-Porzingis trade, uh, which isn't a surprise. So the Suns, it's not like the Suns have a whole lot of experience here against this team to go off of. They've only played against Luka once. And that was when Porzingis was still playing. The Mavs looked a lot different at this point. I think there's going to be a feeling out process, especially in game one of this series. And that's going to mm-hmm. cause some some adjustments to be made by the Suns. And so I think that's going to make for a closer series than what you would anticipate on the surface. Yeah, I think to I, I think sometimes we get in this sense of we look at the Suns and the Mavs and you see Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Aiton, Bridges mm-hmm. and Luca and Brunson and, uh, you know, these other guys on the Dallas roster. And we think like, oh, man, this is going to be, you know, there'll be a lot of points and all these things. I don't think so. Dallas plays at a snail's yep. pace. I mean, they want to walk the ball up. Both teams are very good defensively, different defensive styles, but both are very good. I think what's going to be big is the Suns. I think we have the sense it's Chris Paul, so it's a slow team. They actually play pretty quick. They'll get out and run. They're, they're you know, top 10 mm-hmm. in pace um, this year. And we saw that against the Pelicans. They'll, they'll run opportunistically. The reality is you play at whatever pace Chris Paul wants right. to play at, right? Both teams. If he decides we're going to run tonight, you're going to run. If it's we're going to play slow down, we're going to slow down. But it's going to be important. Dallas needs to try to lock that down to playing at their pace because if this – the more possessions, it just favors the Suns. They have better depth. 
they have more guys who can carry the offensive load. It doesn't have to rely. They're, they're not so heliocentric like the uh, Mavs are around Lucas. So that becomes a challenge um, for them. That was appropriate. Heliocentric in a series that involves the Phoenix Suns. Good stuff. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. So... I mean, I'm, 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 I look at that. Look at that. Learned like, scholars yeah. here yeah. on the NBA yeah. front office That's it. show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, it, Send everybody to their dictionary. With my, my last, last point here, or I guess last pair of points here. Uh, Reggie Bullock shot 42% from three against the Jazz. I think he's going to be critical for this, yep. this series for the, the Suns. They've got to get that Agreed. kind of production out of him. And then lastly, the benches. Uh, I think on paper, I think Phoenix's bench is, is stronger. Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, is the the X factor here for the Mavs. If he can have a big series and at least get close to pulling the Mavs bench even in these games, mm-hmm. uh, then I think then then we'll have a real series. If the Suns bench comes in, Cam Cam Johnson's hitting a bunch of shots. Campaign is doing is doing his thing that's going to be tough to overcome for for the Mavs. I think that the Mavs bench has to at least play close to even with the Suns bench, and then all bets are off. It, it, it could go either way. Let me add to that, too, because I, I agree with everything you just said. Kleba and Bartons have to get some work done against Aiden and JaVale McGee, yes. um, especially against JaVale McGee. They need to make shots. They need to pull those guys out of the paint to open up that kind of mid-range work stuff for, for Dallas. Um, that, that That's big. They're going to need those two guys to come through. Kleba was great in the beginning part of the Utah series for, for Dallas. Um, Dinwiddie was a little up and down. So I, I, I'm with you on that one. He's, he's got to bring, bring some scoring punch, but yeah, if, if the Suns bench wins the, the reserve battle, I don't think Dallas can win this series. Yeah. I don't think they have right. a chance um, on this. Cause I, I think, you know, starting group to starting group might be able to play a little more even, but they, they've, they've got to, they, if they get really outplayed, by the Suns uh, reserves that they're they're in trouble. All right, what's your pick? Uh, my pick. Oh gosh, I have to go back on Twitter and double check here. I think I want to say no. This was my. <laughs> I said this one was going to go seven. I've got Suns in seven on this one, and I think part of that is my wishful thinking, my own basketball heart, hoping that we get a game seven in one of these. And like I said, I think this is the most ripe for an upset, even though I wouldn't pick an upset. And so I said Suns in seven. Uh, but again, it's. That's my heart picking it. My head doesn't say that it's going to take seven games, but that's that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, so in in that, yeah, I promise I'm not stealing your pick, but I'm in the same place. I started doing the math, right? We only have 49 possible games left in this season. I want you know I want I want as many of them as we can get. So I'm definitely letting my my heart overrule my head a little bit here. So I do kind of think. I think Suns and six feels mm-hmm. right. I don't think they're going to be intimidated going on the road and winning a game six on the road or anything like that. So I, I but I think, um, you know, I, I think they're, that feels right. But I'm also going to pick Suns and seven because that's more what I want it to be. I want, I want a game seven. All right, let's jump over to the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Um, this is a series where you know, we just talked about at the start of the show, we talked about the Grizzlies and the Wolves and how sloppy the, the series was overall. I mean, very, very high, very contested series, right? We saw a lot of, a lot of just battling back and forth. And so that made it a lot of fun. Both those teams were just going after each other, but it wasn't always beautiful basketball. And here's the thing, the Grizzlies, the mistakes that they made. Right? They're not going to make mistakes in terms of effort. They're going to be going 100 miles an hour at the entire game, every player on the roster, mm-hmm. which is great. It makes them enjoyable to watch. 
But in terms of the mistakes that they make, there's certain teams in the NBA that when you make a mistake to against that team, it'll be like a flashing neon sign, and that team will every single time say thank you and will punish you for making that mistakes and mistake. And the Warriors yep. happen to be one of those teams. And so I don't think that bodes very well for the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, Memphis continues to just get after you. You mentioned it. They come at you in waves. Uh, so I think that's going to keep this thing close. But ultimately, I think the Warriors' execution is too good, and they're going to pick apart the, the Memphis Grizzlies in this one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, if Memphis is as sloppy as they were against Minnesota, they're 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 going to be done quick. Um, I think they'll clean some of that up. I think they maybe get caught up a little bit in Minnesota again. Not to, I promise, I'm trying to hammer a point here, but pace is going to be important here. Memphis wants to get up and down. They want it to be a running game. That sounds super dangerous against the Warriors because we know what they can do as an offensive team. But if you watch the Warriors, that that they you that's the single biggest difference I think between the Dynasty Warriors and the Warriors now is that group was perfectly content to run, run, run yeah. all day. This group's a little more. We're going to pick you apart with precision in the half court. We're just going to run our stuff, and you're going to find it impossible to defend. They'll run, but it's more opportunistically. Where Memphis is, let's go. You know, let's get get it and go. I do think Stephen Adams kind of reemerges in this series, probably more in the come on Looney minutes than anything else. But I think that'll be important because you want to close down the rim. You want to make sure you're taking care of the boards. Um, but I think Memphis needs to run, run, run. Try to try to really get these guys going. Try to get them tired. They're an older mm-hmm. team. Try to really you know, get, get it so their legs are feeling it in the fourth quarter because you ran them for three full quarters early on. Um, I just – the Grizzlies aren't ready yet for this with a healthy Warriors team. I, I, Dad, that's the thing. I, I, I think we're, we're close. We're on the tipping point. And I think this is going to be one when next year and years beyond, we might point back to remember that 2022 series when, you know, the Grizzlies lost, mm-hmm. but they were, they were yep. there. Like they, man, they, they were battling like that. That was the one where it was like, that's where you knew, like, that's the feel I have on this one. Yeah. Agreed. I think they're going to take a page from the Wolves series too. And they're going to go at John Morant a lot, force him to defend. And yeah. then hopefully that will help. And he doesn't he seems like his energy reserves are, are limitless, but I think they are going to go after John Morant quite a bit on that end of the floor. We'll see what, how that ultimately looks. They're going to drop him too. When he drives yeah, yeah. To, to the rim, they're going to make him the floor, being there waiting for not him. in dirty ways, but they, they're just physical. They're, they're going to make you pay. If you come inside, does Steven Adams, Get minutes in this in this series, I think so. Like I said, I think against Kevon Looney, I think to take, make sure you take care of the boards, you limit because you give the Warriors second chances, yeah. you're you're done. Like they're just they're not going to miss shots the second time around, and and they're they're sneaky good on the offensive glass. It's uh, I, I just had it up. Let me re re pull it, but it's it's not they're they're not in a position where it's um you know you're like oh man this seems the most dominant offensive rebounding team I've seen. 
they they were 18th in the league, but they're sneaky how they get mm-hmm. them. They they get them and they tend to. I bet if I I don't have the ability to pull it right now, but I bet if we looked, we would say, "Holy cow, they you know they they really make you pay on converting second chance opportunities." Yeah, absolutely, and that's uh, so that'll be something to watch there. Um, when we're looking at uh, the other matchups here, Dylan Brooks. I think he's a guy who really is going to matter for the for the Grizzlies if they want mm-hmm. to keep this thing close. Um, his matchups are going to be important. Is he able to? Well, we said it last night during playback too. He he will come in thinking he's the best player. On the <laughs> that's floor right. Every game, and that's that's fine. You need guys like that. Can he score efficiently though? That's going to be that's going yeah. to be a big big question mark. And and more often than not, the answer is is no. Sometimes they still need that scoring burst anyway. Jaron Jackson Jr. Can he stay out of foul trouble? Stephen Curry certainly when he gets into the paint can pick up a few fouls on on him. No problem. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Grizzlies approach this because they can continue to come at you in waves if they keep this thing close. They've got the confidence, especially after this last series, that they can still get the win. We've seen them come back from down double digits in the fourth quarter and beat the Wolves. So the, the Grizzlies are going to be kind of riding that confidence. But ultimately, again, I, I just keep falling back on the Warriors are too good. Steph Curry is too good. By the way, we haven't even talked about this. Does Steph Curry come off the bench? No. He's back. To- there, I think they're going to go with that Green, Wiggins, Thompson, Poole, Curry. Mm-hmm lineup that they went with in their last game uh, against Denver. I, I, I think Steve Kerr looked at it and said, all right, let's stop messing around. Let's let's just go with, with these guys and and didn't go. The one positive thing here for the, the Grizzlies is Brandon Clark was really, really good uh, against the Wolves. Yeah. And I think that's the Big answer time. to when the Warriors are smaller, when Kevon Looney is not on the floor. You can play him and you can get a lot out of him there. And so that helps them in terms of this matchup. But and look, Desmond Bain's been great in the playoffs, and and he's going to continue to be a major factor. His duel with mm-hmm. Clay Thompson's going to be huge. But ultimately, I think I I just don't think the Grizzlies are are ready for this. So I guess if we want to get to our get to our picks, yep. Um, I believe for this one, I have Warriors in six over the Grizzlies. Same boat. That, that's where I'm going to, and I think this is one where. Maybe the last couple uh, wins for the Warriors are are kind of big. I, it's weird. I think it's going to be Warriors and six, but in a sense where they may be up three one going into to, to game five, you know, and they 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 lose and then they because remember Memphis has home court advantage, not Golden yep. State, um, which seems a little weird, but but it is that way. But I think yeah, we might see the Warriors up three one. They lose game five, and then they come home and close it out uh, in San Francisco. So yeah, I'm also Warriors and six. Warriors are the the point and a half favorite to win game one in this one on the road. So something to watch there. And they've been sitting for a couple days yep. too. So this is this one also. I think this is also kind of important for the older Warriors. This one matches the weird scheduling of uh, Celtics Bucks, where they play Sunday, Tuesday, and then they don't play again till Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's there's a lot of days off in the middle as they they, they travel. Again, both of those teams apparently are driving uh, halfway across the country each way um, to 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 get there <laughs> instead of. Uh, your travel. I mean, I get it. It's for TV. Sure. You try not to get the series too far apart from the other conference, but I do think that helps. And then if if this was to get to a game seven, um, 
that that one flips and doesn't get played till Monday, they would be two days off. So just a couple things working in the warrior, the older Warriors uh, favor here with this far as days off go. All right, let's jump to the final series here. We've got the Heat and the 76ers. And unfortunately, Joel Embiid, we found out last night, fractured orbital, has a concussion, and he's awesome. just listed as out. Um, teams, again, tend to be, we've talked about this before, tend to be a little withholding when it comes to information on injuries come playoff time. Uh, but this does not sound good. I don't, I don't know if he gets back for the series or not. Maybe we see the masked Joel Embiid coming back. Perhaps that's a that's a thing. Um, we'll see. Obviously, for the 76ers, you have to hope. But I don't think this is going to be close if Joel Embiid doesn't doesn't play in this series. And look, the the Heat have had their own injuries to deal with. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. So it's possible something pops up there again, and that diminishes them. And then next thing you know, you've got a battle. But at the outset of this, assuming the Heat are healthy and Jimmy Butler's past the knee issue and everything's good there, I I just I don't see how the 76ers can keep this close at all if Embiid is not on the floor. Yeah, I completely agree. If if Embiid was playing, uh it'd be a completely different series. It would be close. If he doesn't play, the Heat are so if Embiid plays. The Heat can't do their switching defense, and you kind of neutralize a lot of what makes Bam out of bio yeah. special because you don't want to switch him away from Embiid too often. Yes, PJ Tucker can defend him; he's you know he'll he'll do his thing as well. But you really don't want to end up with Lowry, Butler, God That's forbid, Struess, Hero, Robinson trying to guard right. Embiid. That's not not going to go well. Um, and that's where the Sixers attack a lot of uh, out of Harden on those. So it just makes everything much more difficult. Now, if he doesn't play, who knows where they even go to? You know, please for the love of God. I was going to say, Jordan. are we? Is that what um, we're staring down? Is a playoff start for I, DeAndre I'm afraid Jordan? It will be. I'm afraid it will be. And then about then it then becomes like a singular destructive defensive weapon because you're not even gonna defend him. Yeah. He's just gonna say, Hey, you wanna throw you wanna make your offense throw lobs to him? Go for it. He'll I'm gonna finish be a few, but, hard maxi yeah. Harris and yeah. So that's the difference, right? That's the, the big, big difference. If you don't have Embiid, and I know I sound like hey, thanks, Captain Obvious, yeah. for saying he stresses a defense because of course he does. But it's just it, it it actually changes the way Miami has to defend too. They cannot defend the same way. So now if he's not there, they they're just they load up against Harden and Maxi. They'll they'll play. My guess is Tucker on Harris, and they'll say, all right, let's go. You know, and it'll just be, you know, Adebayo as a helper and doing all this this stuff that he does. And it's just, it's going to become a problem. And, and it's not like Philly has great options where it's like, all right, so you know what? We'll just go small and spread them out because Doc will not play the Niang Harris 4-5 calm every reason. Now, he may get forced into it, mm -hmm. and I think he can get away with it um, in this series. And I think he has to consider doing it because at least then maybe, all right, hey, we've seen Harden go to work with a spread offense where you really spread it out um in this i i feel like if philly's gonna have a chance without Embiid, cork might need to yeah. be involved just for some shooting off the bench i think you know that'll help a little bit there's places where you can hide him too um on guys some so i it just yeah it's i mean i just gave the like 15 like maybe maybe maybes and that leads me to yeah philly's a rough rough uh shot here if they don't have Embiid. the path to victory without Embiid would be both Maxi and Harden would have to go nuclear. 
And Maxi's been great. Maxi's yeah. been he's been great. And help. Yeah, and you, and you've got to get and Tobias Harris would have to be chipping in. You'd have to come up with and the Heat's defense has been fantastic. So I'm not saying that they, that these guys would be able to do these things, but yeah. you would need to have some really impressive performances from Maxi, from Harden. Tobias Harris would have to be chipping in in order to get this done. And again, that's just assuming the Heat are healthy, but. Man, I mean, no, no Embiid. It just changes this whole series so much. I mean, you look at you look at Danny Green. You look at uh, at him as being a guy who really relies on a guy like Joel Embiid to kind of create to draw that attention. James Harden can do it a little bit, right? So can Maxi to a degree. So you can still get some looks, but you're not going to get the same quality of looks as you're going to get when Joel Embiid is out there on the floor. And then you look at the Sixers. You look at the the rotation that they've used. It's been really shallow. Even when they've had, even if they put 10 players in a game, it's often been for, for minor minutes. So with Embiid out, I don't like there's no obvious player that they turn to off their bench to suddenly make things better or, or to or to really give themselves a shot here. So I just don't see it. I mean, I, I've got I've got Miami in four if Embiid doesn't play. Uh, I still think Miami takes it, even if Embiid does play, but if he doesn't. And that's the way it looks like this is trending. I, I don't see the Sixers getting a game here. Man, that's uh so you're you went further than okay. I did. <laughs> so I will say I'm gonna go Miami in five. Okay. I mean, let's not act like I'm like, whoa, Trevor, you're on a crazy <laughs> island there. Like I'm not, you know, it's not that far. Um, but yeah, I've got Miami in five if Embiid either can't play or he's not Embiid. Sure. You know, if he gets bad, like he, he plays in like game three and just isn't himself, Miami in five. If Embiid can play and be himself, let's say starting in game two or three, then if he's himself, I think Philly can push this to seven. They could. Because yeah. he's that good. Um, but I would still pick Miami in seven at that point. But yeah, if he can't go and I'm it's a, none of these reports are great. No. Right. Because it it took a long time to even start getting the. But, you know, nobody knows. Like, maybe he won't miss time like that. Those came out way, way mm-hmm. after the initial reporting of, you know, he's, you know, got the broken orbital bone. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to lean. He doesn't play. And if he does, he's not himself. Miami M5. So I think what's going to be. Which it, it does. It does. And, and part of the reason why I'm saying in four is because I don't trust James Harden to be. MVP caliber James Harden to do what he needs to do in order to get them through with a out or diminished Embiid. If you get the James Harden that we saw in the Raptors series, and I think that is more likely, particularly when you look at Miami's defense, I think they're going to be able to lock in even more on him. You get a 41% shooting from the field, James Harden. I don't, I, I don't think that leads to success for the 76ers. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I can you imagine it's like, like let's say it is five and it's three one Miami mm-hmm. and it go they go back to to Miami for a game five like 
James Harden spends the night before in South Beach. I, I can't even imagine what that's going to look like <laughs> in Game Five. Like that, that could be a you know all time disaster game. So yeah, it's uh yeah. I mean, it just it, this is just mm-hmm. awful. Like it really is. Like I just I can't. I don't know. It just kills me that this is you know you get to this point in the playoffs and we're you know we now have what we've got two both East series impacted by major. You know, um, absences and Bede and Chris Middleton. West, we're a little, well, not a little. We're we're yeah. better off because Luke and Booker are healthy. It seems like at least. So yeah, but and it, it's amazing yeah, how it's quickly I, this I, changes. Because after the first two games yeah. against Toronto, everybody was going, "Ooh, 76ers, yeah. You know, they won by twenty, yep. won by fifteen. You're like, yep. okay, all right, this this team's for real. And now here we are, three yep. games later, and we're saying they're 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 gonna get they're gonna get torched here against the against and, the. Heat. Like it stinks too because I think we were looking at these as like these are great second round series. Mm-hmm. Like like all of the higher seeds advanced. We feel really good about all these teams. Like these these could be some all time really good matchups. And now all of a sudden it's like all right, the two East ones are a little wrecked by injury potentially. The West ones they, they could be okay, but who knows? So you know, and I, I think we're both hoping the West series go a little longer than maybe we think they might actually go. But yeah, it, all around you know, let, let's see. But I'm excited to get there. So recapping it, um, I've got Celtics in five over mm-hmm. the Bucks, yeah. Heat in five over the Sixers. Um, both. Picks heavily impacted yes. by injuries for the Bucks and Sixers. Um, I've got Warriors in six over the Grizzlies, and then my heart says Suns in seven over the Mavs. And I am in lockstep with all of Keith's picks, except I have Heat in four if no Embiid. With if if Embiid comes back, I could see it going six, but I'm going to say Heat in four um, with no Embiid in there. All right. Well, I think that's a we we almost hit the hour mark here for a Saturday show. That's that's pretty yeah, solid. That's, that's pretty good. solid. So, uh, but again, front runners, we appreciate all of you who joined us over on the the live play by play. That was a lot of fun. Again, we will do another one of those real soon. Maybe maybe we'll have to yep. do that on um, Monday. I know tomorrow's games don't work, but maybe Monday yeah. night's game. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll figure, figure that out and, and let you guys know. Follow us on social and everywhere, and we'll. Yeah, yep, we'll and also you. post it here on the the NBA front office YouTube channel. I'll put it up as a as a post. Uh, Drop your picks in the comments too for the second round series. Let, let us know what yep. you're thinking. Uh, and you have plenty of time because there's no games this That's Saturday. Right. So I know Tre- Trevor told us he's headed off to the farmers yep. market. I am uh, gonna get uh, ready to head off for a long day and afternoon of soccer. At the soccer fields, if the weather holds. Right now, fingers crossed. I think we're going to well, be best okay. Best of luck out there. Hopefully I, that goes well for <laughs> you. I am going to go hit the farmer's market. Maybe see if we can go to the movies or something like that. Enjoy enjoy there a Saturday, go. and then we're right back to NBA action tomorrow. But everybody appreciates you joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to ring the notification bell. And then over on Apple Podcasts, we love getting the reviews over there. So cool seeing the what, what people have been saying about our show really feels great. So make sure you drop us a review there and preferably a five-star rating if you wouldn't mind. Till next time, everybody. Have a great weekend. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.